Verse 16 and 17 says this. And the Lord God commanded Adam and said of every tree of the garden, go ahead and eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So when told to, to tend, to cultivate, to engage with the earth, which was, by the way, God's plan. When Adam was told to engage with the earth, when he was told to engage with the plan of God by tending and cultivating the garden, when, when this was his assignment, what did he do? Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 tells us what he did. He became passive. Scripture records he didn't fight the, the suggestion of disengaging with God's plan. He, the, the Bible says he simply ate. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Here God needed man to tend and cultivate the plan of God on the earth. And what did Adam do? He became passive, and he ate. Rather than work, rather than tend, rather than cultivate, he disobeyed God, and he ate. When you have a directive from God, you can't be passive. You can't be passive about it. Original sin wasn't necessarily about Eve eating forbidden fruit. It was about Adam breaking image. Likeness of God. It was Adam breaking the authority of God. It was Adam breaking the word of God. It was Adam disengaging from his place and his purpose. And when God gives you an assignment, when God gives you a direction, when God gives you a purpose about whatever is, is important to you in your life, and you disengage in it by not passionately going after it to fulfill it, you are in the same place Adam is. You're eating a forbidden fruit. You can't compromise when it comes to engagement. I've told this story many times, but one day a hunter came across a bear in the woods, and the bear said, I, I, I want a full stomach. And the hunter said, I want a fur coat. So the bear said to the hunter, let's compromise. And he promptly ate the hunter. Uh, <laughs> when, you pro when you compromise, everybody gets what, what they want. The bear went away with a full stomach, and the hunter went away wrapped in fur. You can't, you'll get that later. You can't compromise by disengaging from what God has directed you towards or to. I'm going to give you real quick, two, two quick things or beliefs, and then I want to, I want to get to prayer. I, I want to, before we leave here today, I want you to see um, this is not a season, this is not a time in the earth or in our church where we can disengage from prayer, where we can say, okay, well, pastor will do it or someone else will do it. Or, or This is a time when everybody's got to connect. We've got to engage. This is the moment. This is the time. There are two, two quick things here, our beliefs that cause the, us to disengage. One is not understanding that we are priests. We are called to ministry. All of us are, not just me. All of us are. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, I told you this was going to be a reminder of some things you already knew. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, says this, I, a prisoner for serve, uh, uh, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Everybody has a calling. You have been called by God. I know that you know this. Verse 7, did you know that 
He has given each one of us a special gift, and it comes to us through the generosity of Christ. In the context of the calling of God, we've all been given a special gift to do that calling. Everyone say special gift. You can't do the calling that God has called you to. You can't engage in it passionately unless you, through the generosity of Christ, have been given a special gift to get that done. I'm here to tell you this morning, you've all been given a special gift to do your calling. And if you're not doing it, you have disengaged and are eating forbidden fruit. I'm talking to believers this morning. And you know where, dis, where, where eating forbidden fruit gets you, don't you? You've been called by God. You've been graced by God for that calling. And verse 12 tells us that God's people do his work and then build up the body of Christ. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, build up the church, the body of Christ. The body of Christ. Listen, um, uh, this, this whole chapter can be controversial in a lot of ways to a lot of people um, because some look at this chapter as hierarchy. There's this fivefold ministry and then there's the body and the fivefold ministry teaches the body and then the body does all the work. And the truth is that there are certain gifts and callings that everyone has and there are specific ones that are mentioned here. Uh, but those gifts and callings teach the body out of their gift, out of their grace, out of their out of what God has called them to do, and then those uh, from that then teach and share with others. I mean, all of us, all of us have responsibility. Nobody gets a pedestal in the body of Christ. Right, Nobody gets to stand on top of a mushroom and say, "Look at me." No mushroom, where'd that come? Nobody gets to. <laughs> Nobody gets to stand on top of a stage and, say, and, and, and says, um, I, I've got it, I'll take care of things, you listen, you learn, and then you go do No one gets to do that. Nobody. I mean, yesterday we had, uh, we had a good group of people, uh, one, of our, one of the church houses that were preparing to get ready to sell. Um, uh, we... we Decided. Let's 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 go and let's paint the insides of it. Get it's we we as you know the church we own a few houses, a couple of houses in Corona, and so um, we're going to sell them to help towards our new campus. And so we went in there and we painted yesterday, and and uh, I look up and Pastor Don is at the top of the ladder, painting. I made sure I had a few spots on my clothes and arms before I left too, uh, but but. Everybody gets to be involved because you have a special gift and a special calling that goes along. They, they go together. Nobody gets to disengage. No one at all. The platform is, is, is uh, this platform is not the game. Right. It, it, the, the field is, is where full engagement comes. The field in Scripture represents authority and responsibility. And that's where all of us belong. All of us belong. It's sacred. It's holy. The field where people are, that we, we are to reach, it's sacred and it's holy. This, that place, the world, it's our field of engagement. The second place of disengagement, which is going to lead me into why we're here today, is, is God tells us to pray and we don't. 
we disengage from it. And the reason that we do is because um, we're busy or because it's, it's a lot of work. Actually, I'll, I'll let Scripture tell you why we don't pray in, in the way that we should. How many of you know that I'm not here to, to make you feel small or, or, or like you're not doing anything? That's not why I'm here. Why I'm here today is to encourage you to fit into the slot God has for you in the prayer wall. Because without you, it's, it's empty. And the, the wall is not as strong as it could be. First Samuel chapter 12 beginning at verse 20, the setting here is that Israel has asked Samuel to pray over them because they've sinned and they've, they've gotten leaders who they shouldn't have had. And, and so Samuel says to the people, don't be afraid, you've done all this wickedness. Aren't you glad the Lord tells us when we've done wicked things and we've sinned, we've done evil, aren't you glad the Lord says, don't be afraid? Why? Because God always wants us, always welcomes us into his presence, even with our humanity. Yeah. Even with our sin. Don't be afraid. I Listen, I, I know you've done all this wickedness. Yet do not turn away from following the Lord. But serve the Lord with all of your heart. That's astounding to me. He's, he's addressing a group of people who have sinned against God. And he tells them, don't run from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all of your heart. Yeah. And then verse 21, he says... Do not turn aside, for then you would go after empty things. You, you stop following me because you feel guilty about sin. You will wind up going after empty things that really don't profit you. They will not deliver what they say they'll deliver because there's no value in it at all. Verse 22, for the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. We're talking about people who have sinned and done wicked things. And God says, the Lord is not going to forsake you because it pleases the Lord that you are his people. Anybody encouraged? Furthermore, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. I will teach you the good and the right way. In other words, don't commit the sin of prayerlessness because I'm not going to, Samuel says, despite your ugliness and your sinfulness. <clears throat> Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. Amazing to me, we sin, we do evil, we get messed up, and God says, run to me, I love you, Re don't think about, don't focus on your sin, but remember all the great things I've done for you in the past, and if I've done great things for you in the past, I'll do them for you again. So I want to take a look at, at, at prayer from this perspective. Not from, not from a perspective of, well, I'm, I'm not spiritual enough. I haven't prayed enough in the past. I, I'm, I'm a sinner. I, I, I'm, I'm struggling in some areas of my life. I don't want you to look at, at your prayer life because we don't have time for that. We, we, we've we've got to do what, get under the banner of what the prophet Samuel, the Old Testament prophet said about the Lord. Come on, run to me. Yeah. Let's look at prayer from that perspective that, that we desire to do it because prayer is Tom changing. Yeah. Prayer is you changing. Yeah. 
In Mark chapter 11, verse 24, in the King James Version, the Bible says, when praying, desire. Desire. When praying, desire. This word comes from the, the original language word, ahitho, which means to ask, to call, to crave, to desire, to require. It's, what it's saying is that when you pray, you're asking, you're calling, but you're desiring and you're craving something from God. And, and the, the word, the, the Greek word actually means you're requiring it of God because he's promised it to you. So prayer at its most basic foundation is to ask with desire. This week I, I had a, a, a piece of mail come in to me. Um, it was a, a ministry that um, I, I have, I've met this leader and um, spent a little bit of time with him at a wedding and, and um, spent some time talking. And uh, he, he sent out a, a, a mailer. It was his his monthly newsletter. And when I read it, I was struck by a story that he told. Um, how many of you uh, are familiar with the name Jack Van Impey? Anybody? He's a, he's a Bible. Uh, he, he deals with prophecy, especially. Uh, it's his gift. And he, um, he's been on Christian television as a broadcaster, teacher around the end times for, for many, many, many years. And uh, in the past few years, he's failing health, um, had some uh, heart issues. And, and uh, then as a result of all of this, his mind, I mean, here's a man who memorized 14,000 scriptures. And now he's in failing health. He, he just wants to go home to be with Jesus. He, he, he speaks just with a whisper. His mind um, is, is, is failing. There were times when he couldn't even remember his own name. And all of a sudden, an angel appeared in his room. And he said, why are you here? And as soon as he said that, the angel left. The next night, the angel came back. He said, why are you here? Angel left. And that went on for two weeks. And at the end of those two weeks, he was caught up into heaven. Like, like Paul describes in the New Testament. And I want to read to you. Joyce, do you have any glasses? I want to read to you what he said about this. They're not pink. Good. I want to read to you what he said. I was caught up into heaven and I talked with Jesus for an hour and a half, earth time. This is a man who's on his last leg on the earth. And he sent me back. He told me what's coming. And he gave me instructions about what my role is going to be in the last days. It's revival. And when I came back, I rededicated my whole life to Jesus. Here's a man who memorized 14,000 scriptures, Bible teacher. He rededicated his whole life to Jesus. And I called my office and I told them all, stop working. We're going to have a prayer meeting. Tell everyone Jesus is coming very soon. And we have to get the word out. 
We've got to warn the world, comfort the church. There's a great revival about to hit the earth. And Jesus is telling his church what their part will be. If that doesn't make you want to pray, if that doesn't make you want to, want to get in to where you need to be, where you desire to be, Listen, the word of God is more than enough for me to, to, for, in terms of marching orders. But there's something inside of me that's drawing me right now beyond. I, I told the Lord a month ago, I said, God, I don't want to be the person that I am. I, I want to be who you want me to be. And so I give you permission to do whatever it is you want me to do. And the first thing the Lord said, okay, we're going to fast. No, not fasting. <laughs> I'm fasting this month. And we're going to pray. Okay, I like to pray. We're going to double up on prayer. Oh, Lord, I'm busy. Got to pray. Got to pray. The beginning of prayer for any of us is just the desire to do it. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray. I, I want to be a different leader. I want to be a different pastor, different husband, different father, different grandfather. I mean, I look at my life and I look at the things in my life and I, I say to myself, I could do better. I could be better. And I'm not there yet, but I'm going to tell you right now, I want to be a man that God can use in a different way than I've been using in the past. I, we're, we're getting ready to move to a new campus and we're going to all of the things that we've talked about and all of the dreams that we have and all of the fruit that we're going to have, I mean, it's going to be unprecedented in terms of our church. I know that. I know that through prayer. I've been telling you about it for years. And God is bringing everything to pass, just like he said he would. I mean, who, who I, I know I don't have to rehearse this for you, but who, who, would, who would believe that a little church like ours would, would be given $3 million from people who don't even go to our church in a two-year span? Nobody but God. Why? Because he's setting us up for fruitfulness. Amen. But let me tell you something. $3 million does not reach people. People reach people. And for people to reach people, for people to teach people, for people to, to mentor people. And I can't do it. Oh, we've got to do it. They've got to be different than they are today. You've got to be different than you are today. You've got to change. Oh, you didn't know you're coming to church to be told you got to change today. Transformation is so basic to, to who we are as, as believers. We get, we get uh, the LGBT community calling and emailing us, wanting to know if we're LGBT friendly. And I always say, yes, absolutely. Of course we are. We, we, we're friendly to every group. The only thing is, you got to be open to change. Every group, including me. If, I, if I'm going to come to this church and i got to put myself out there to be transformed and changed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you do too. All of us do. And so today in these foundational beginnings of the messages this month, I'm telling you that we've got to be transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And one of the basic principles, one of the basic truths of Scripture 
is this. Christians who engage in calling on the name of the Lord. Christians who engage in intercession. Christians who engage in prayer. Christians who engage in talking to the Lord throughout their day. They are different than Christians who sit in church on a weekend and go home and say, ah, that was good. I wonder what next week's going to be like. Psalm 63, verse 1, says, Psalm of David, when he was in the wilderness of Judah, Oh God, you're my God, early I will seek you. My, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm coming after you early, and, and why? Why does Scripture tell us that early in the morning I will rise and seek the heart of God? Early I will seek after you. Why? Why? Well, I'll tell you why, since you asked. It's because we're busy. If you leave it till later... Ain't happening. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. Prayer is funny because when you pray, when you think about praying, when you're invited to prayer meeting, uh, your flesh is the first thing that says, oh, how long is it going to be? And oh, you know, your flesh starts to rebel against it. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't seek it. Uh, it doesn't long for it. But if you, if you give your attention to, you know, priority is not what you want. Priority is what you do. And if you make prayer a priority early, if you seek the Lord, if your soul uh, will, what will happen is your soul will begin to thirst. Your flesh will change and it will begin to long. Long for the Lord in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Jeremiah chapter 29 Verses 13 and 14. Prophet Jeremiah, verse 14, uh, 13 says, Seek me and find me. When you search for me with all of your heart, I will be found. When you seek the Lord with all of your heart, here's the promise of God. I will be found by you. I will bring you back out of your captivity. I will gather you from all of the nations and from all of the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. Every, when you seek God with all of your heart and you, you make a determination, you get plugged into the wall of prayer. Here's what God says. I will, I will, I will, I will. Amen. Not I won't, I will. James chapter 5, verse 13. The Bible says, is there anyone among you suffering? Pray. Is there anybody cheerful? Sing a song. Anyone sick? Pray. Verse 15. Prayer of faith will save the sick. Lord will raise them up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you can be healed. The effective, fervent, desire, longing believer who prays, that person is going to see the availing of much. He's going to see much happen in his life. The word avail means, I, I love this definition, the word avail means advantage, Toward attainment. When, when you pray 
a, a prayer of desire, a prayer of longing. It gives you an advantage over suffering and sickness and sin habits. The earnest, effectual, fervent, heartfelt prayer of the righteous, the engaged believer, gives you an advantage over all of those things. And the scripture says that, that Elijah, the, the next verse, it says, lest you crawl in, into a comfortable place for you, it says, oh, by the way, Elijah was a man just like you. What does that mean? His kids had soccer practice. He was tired. He worked long hours. He was busy. He sinned. He chased things, perhaps, that maybe he shouldn't have chased. He was a man with a nature just like you. But he prayed earnestly. Reminds me of the scripture we talked about earlier. When, when they came to Samuel the prophet and said, pray for us, because we've sinned. And he said, run to the Lord. His arms are wide open and pray. Don't, don't commit the, the sin of prayerlessness. Scripture here tells us that Elijah was a man just like us. He sinned, he messed up, but he prayed earnestly. What am I saying today? I'm saying no one here is disqualified to plug into the wall of prayer because of where you're at. Get it under the blood and get busy. Well, I know that I'm only going to give two minutes. Well, give it the best two minutes you've ever given anything in your life. May they be the most passionate two minutes you, you have in every day. And I guarantee you, if you give your, your greatest passion to those two minutes of prayer, I guarantee you that the next day you'll probably give it three. Come on. And the next day you'll probably give it four. Oh, come on, somebody. I've got to end. It's time. I, I, I recognize today's... Is, just a day of, of very basics. But I, I want you to pray this week, whether it's a week, uh, whether it's a moment, whether it's two minutes. I, I, I need you to pray. Well, Pastor, what do we pray for? Um, I need you to pray for me. I'm going to be real selfish here for a moment, okay? I don't know what to pray for. All right, will you pray for me? Uh, here I'm standing before you and I'm saying, Please pray for me this week. I'm, next week, I'm going to tell you what else to pray. But this week, we just pray for me. Will you pray that, that God will, will transform me, change me? You know what I found out when I pray for somebody? It's really hard when I invest my time in praying for them. It's really hard to criticize them. Not that you do that, but um, that's why I pray for our president. That's why I prayed for our former president. It's hard for me to criticize somebody I'm praying for. Hard because then I'm throwing away my, my time and my investment. And I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, um, I need your prayer. I want God to transform me and change me and, and, and make me into the image and likeness of Christ. I, I want to be a kingdom leader, a kingdom pastor. I want my heart and my body and my mind to be prepared for what's coming. Just like uh, the, the, the television evangelist who 
got caught up into heaven and, got, and Jesus said to him in an hour and a half conversation, tell everybody I'm coming. Amen. Get ready. Get ready. Great revival is going to hit the earth. Amen. I mean, there's a reason God gave us a huge barn just down the street. Come on. It's to harvest in people. Amen. But we got to be ready. Yeah. We must be ready. And so if you'll pray for me for transformation and change, if you'll pray for me in this month of commitment and dedication, here's my promise. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you that God will change your socks. I'm going to pray for you that God will, will revitalize and re-energize who you are today so that we can go forward together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the opportunity we've been given. Simple word, simple message, a simple call to the body of Christ, this particular local house, a call that says we must pray. I pray by the Holy Spirit, not one person who heard this word will commit the sin of prayerlessness this week. God, I pray that you will... I've requested their prayer. I pray that you will speak to them as they pray about what else to pray for. Lord, we call upon the name of the Lord today, together, in Jesus' name. We'll stand together. Right now, I want us to pray for us. I want you to pray for you. And I want us to do it out loud. I want the person you're standing next to to be able to hear you praying for you. But they're not going to be listening. They won't know what you're saying because they're going to be praying for themselves. And we're going to pray that God will transform us, that God will begin the process of changing us. Listen, some of you are in deep trouble right now. Some of you are in deep trouble in, in your marriage, in your family. it's not going to be fixed. Man, it is not going to be fixed without you getting on your knees and crying out to God with desire. Let God transform you. Let God change you. Let's believe for the metamorphosis to happen. Let's lose our, tad, our tadpole fins and grow some legs and arms that God can use. Are you ready to pray for yourself? Are you ready? Let's all lift our voices out loud together and do it. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name. God, I call upon you even now, Lord. I call upon you even now, Father. I pray that you will transform me and mold me and make me in your image and likeness. I pray, God, that I'll not be the same person I am today, tomorrow. God, I pray that, that all that you desire to do in me, you will do, God. I pray, Father, that everything that needs to be dropped, everything that needs to be knocked off, everything that needs to fall, every scale that needs to be uh, let go, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. 
Oh, that that will happen, Father. Oh, I thank you for the strengthening, for the encouraging power of God that comes upon me. I thank you, Lord God, that as a husband, as a father, as, as a pastor, as a leader, as a believer, God, that I grow in the grace and knowledge of God, that I, that I become who you desire me to become, Lord. Oh, God, I pray that I'll be a man of prayer, God, a greater man of prayer than I've ever been, Lord. I pray that I'll hunger and long for your presence, oh, God, in an unprecedented manner. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, I don't want to be the same. I want to change. I want to be the man of God. You've called me to be the pastor, the leader, Father. Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray these things. And everyone said... Amen. Close your eyes for just a moment. I ask you to do it this way because I want you to be able to respond without any kind of distraction. Listen, Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. God sent him to this earth to die a cruel death so that in this moment, if you're here and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you could respond to God's perfect gift in the person of his son. Here's the thing. Adam sinned. He disengaged. And when, when he sinned, sinned, he fell out of relationship with his creator. Man did. And God loving him so much to, wanted to be in relationship, right relationship with him. But the only way to do that was to send his only son to die on the cross. The shed blood of Christ was the sacrifice that was needed to cover the sin that separated man from God. Today, you need to know if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Christ, or if you're here and you're away from the Lord, served him in the past, you need to know that the shed blood of Christ will cover your sin. And when God looks at you, he will no longer, he won't see the sin, he'll see his son's blood, the precious blood of Christ. And all you need to do to make that happen is to believe in your heart that, that Jesus came, died on the cross for you, and confess with your mouth words that declare, I have decided I'm going to follow Jesus. I have decided I'm going to let Jesus forgive me of my sins and I will follow after him through his word. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus because you believe in Christ in your heart, the Bible says you will be saved. If you're not right with God today, if you don't know Christ and you want me to pray with you, come on, get it right. Get engaged today. Get it right now. If you don't know Christ, if you don't know Jesus, and you want me to pray with you, right now, without hesitation, lift your hand and hold it high so I can see it. Hold it high so I can see it. Who's here in this first service? I want Jesus as Lord and Savior. I need to make Christ the Lord of my life. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? Who else? I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. All right, listen, if you raised your hand, my wife Joyce and I are here in the front. I want to look you in the eye. I want to pray with you. Come quickly right now. Come on, it's okay. Come on.
quickly come. Quickly come. Come join me. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. What is your What's your name? Nani. Nani. Father, thank you for Nani. Thank you, Lord. Today in her heart, she so desires you, a relationship with you, so much so that she willingly, of her own accord, has taken these steps today to say, Jesus, be the Lord and Savior of my life. God, I pray that her faith today will be met with your love and forgiveness and your lordship. Transform her life. God, may today be the start of a life that you always dreamed she would live. In Christ Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Pray this with me. Church, join us. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, forgiving me, being the Lord of my life. I believe that you're the Son of God, that you died on the cross, rose again, and today come to live in my life as Lord and Savior. From this day on, I will serve you every day of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.